All right, good morning, Four Oaks Community Church. It's Pastor Paul here. It's Friday. It is May 20th, year 2022, the year of our Lord. And believe it or not, this is our final session of Romans Rewind for a few months as we take a summer break. We're going to be in Romans uh, the next couple of weeks, then we're going to be breaking and doing a summer series on the history of Israel, the story of Israel. It's going to, to sort of help us fill in the gaps here for what Paul's writing about in Romans 9 through 11, the fact that the Israelites have fallen away, they've rejected their own Messiah, and we want to kind of trace out the history this summer of the nation of Israel, which will deliver us once school starts back and we are in back into Romans to Romans 11, where Paul talks about the future of ethnic Israel. Uh, but between now and then, we're going to take a little uh, summer break for these pastoral devotionals. But no fear, we will be back um, in the fall or actually in the late summer in the middle of August. But for this morning, what I thought we would do is sort of rehearse um, a important pivotal point Paul is making here in Romans 9 and 10. And I think we can begin by asking the question, Paul, why has Israel rejected its own Messiah? Now, if you've been with us in Romans 9, Paul's first answer to this is God's sovereignty. God's um, unconditional, his will and unconditional election, the fact that he saves some and not earth others, the fact that he has mercy on whom he has mercy, he has compassion on whom he has compassion. This does not make God unjust, capricious, unfair. In fact, um, everything that God does is um, through his grace and mercy, that any received mercy at all is a, is a supernatural miracle. And, and so, so Paul's foundational answer to this question about the future of the Jews, why they've rejected their Messiah, is to begin with God's sovereignty, God's plan. It has not been thwarted. But now Paul, in our text this week, that we're going to be in this Sunday, the next couple Sundays, um, is going to tell us a second answer to this question. It's not um, antithetical to the first question, I mean, to the first answer. It's complementary, um, but at the same time, it's very important. And so let's look at Romans um, 9, beginning in verse 30. We're going to read through the first few verses of chapter 10. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it, that is, a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So Paul's first answer in Romans 9 
to the question of why Israel rejected their, their Savior goes back to the providential sovereignty of God. But here, Paul provides a second answer. And the second answer is essentially this. It is Israel pursued God, the law, righteousness, not by faith, but by works. So in essence, Israel has a heart of unbelief because they have not turned to God and his Savior, Jesus Christ, through faith and repentance. Um, they have sought to establish their own righteousness and justification before God, uh, before God through their righteousness, through their obedience, when in God, when in fact God said, no, that can, that's never possible. Righteousness is a gift that has to be given through faith. And so this is part two of the answer, right? There's God's sovereignty up here, but on the street level, Paul says there's something going on in the hearts of all unbelievers that wants to establish their own righteousness uh, that leads them to not trust in the gospel. Now, we're going to talk all this Sunday about what this text means. Okay, I don't want to do that right now. But what I do want to point out is this. Oftentimes, in our humanness, because we have a difficulty holding all the truths of Scripture um, together simultaneously, um, we will end up jettisoning or ignoring or explaining away texts that don't fit with what we think to already be true. Okay, we, we do this in all manner of walks of life, of course, but um, it's particularly lethal in Scripture because what can end up happening is that we can end up um, not embracing a particular truth that God wants us to hold tightly to. Now, you've heard me say things like this before, but, but all theology is an endeavor by man to understand what the Word of God says. So, so theologue or theo, it means, you know, the, it's, it's God, theos, ology, the study of, the study of God. And there are various systems of theology that um, attempt to, to do this, whether they're Reformed, Arminian, um, Neo-Orthodox, Roman Catholic, um, Greek Orthodox. There's a whole host of theological systems, okay? And what we have to understand is that while the Word of God is perfect, not all systems of theology are perfect. That's why Luther said we have to be constantly reforming our understanding of the Word of God by the Word of God. And so we cannot say unequivocally that our understanding or our theological system, whatever that may be, is 100% infallible. Scripture is 100% infallible, but sometimes our understandings of Scripture are, are, not, are not infallible. They're very fallible. Now, why am I saying all that? I'm saying that because um, if we don't, if we stay camped out in Romans 9 and don't move into Romans 10, we are going to miss something very important. One, we're going to miss understanding the nature of unbelief, the nature of the heart that doesn't trust the gospel. But, but even beyond that, we're going to miss something very important that God wants us to do in light of his sovereignty which is to pray, which is to share the gospel, which is 
to earnestly seek God for those who don't know him. You see, we have these human conceptualizations where we're not quite sure how divine sovereignty um, intersects with human responsibility. Uh, we're not sure how praying and evangelizing really fits into this overall concept of the sovereignty of God. We end up saying things like, well, if God already knows, why pray? If God's already predestined, why share our faith? If God um, has already ordained, then who are we to interfere with the affairs of God? Well, what we've done there is we've imported fallen human limited categories into our thinking and rationale, which lead us, depending upon our theological persuasion, to either ignore Romans 9, okay, or explain it away, or ignore Romans 10 and explain it away. When in reality, what God wants us to do is to hold up both and cling to both tightly. Now, that doesn't mean that we are always going to immediately understand how all of these things hold together. We have to have a category for divine mystery. We have to have a divine category for the secrets of God. We have to have a category for the hidden counsel and decrees of a sovereign God. But let that never deter us from the things that God has boldly and clearly commanded us to do and to say and to embrace. That's why, okay, just a little snippet, okay, um, of the Sermon this Sunday, no one can ever stand before God on Judgment Day and say, I don't believe because you sovereignly decreed that I would not believe. Um, that, that is not even a category that Scripture has. Every person on that day will be accountable for the decision they made to follow Christ or to not follow Christ, to trust God or to not trust God. End of story. How that intersects with the, so the sovereign providential decree of God, that's, a, that's God's business. That, that's not our business. We're just responsible for what we know. We're responsible for what we do. We, were, we are responsible for what God has commanded us to do. And I, and I thought we would end this, this season's devotional on that thought, that as you take this summer season to read, to pray, to study, to reflect, to have a little more... Um, um, space in your life and schedule to do more reflection and studying, praying, and whether you're on vacation or just on a different work rhythm or home rhythm, that you would use this opportunity to leverage your yourself, your time to receive all of the Word of God and what it has for you. And I believe as you do that, God will bless and honor you. All right, that's it. We're going to be gone for a little while. We'll be back in a few months. Um, but I will see you this Sunday. Let's pray. Lord, be gracious to us. Make your face to shine upon us. Give us your peace. Give us your understanding. Give us the ability in our finiteness to know you and to embrace um, everything you've called us to do. Lord, it's only possible by the power of the Spirit. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See ya.